<laughs> is that your um, Kenneth Williams impression, Tom? <laughs> no, Stuart. No, that's my spooky ghost. That's a spooky ghost. Oh, sorry. I thought you were just being a bit camp. No, well, I, I can also do that. Um, but no, 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 no. This, this is um, this, this is the Halloween special. We're we're doing ah. a Halloween special. No. Ooh, indeed. Yes, this yeah. is the Halloween special of uh, the study show. Or um, if, um, yes. if you're if you're American then it would be the Stew Dies show. Because I know that there's a sort of thing in America to change the name of your like social media account to sort of a horror-inflected thing. Like the Treehouse of Horror and The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Everything gets sort of twisted into a scary horror thing. So, so yeah, welcome so, to the... So Bat groaning instead of Matt Groening. Yeah, sort of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. And you're, what, what's your Halloween name again? Oh, it's Do- going to be Doom Shivers, I thought. I've, I've never actually done that on my social media <laughs> yes, account. But. Yes, uh, no, 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 nor have I. But uh, hmm. um, yeah, well, so, so welcome to the Stu Dies show. Uh, my name's Stuart Ritchie. Uh, I'm a science writer at The Eye. And as established a moment ago, I'm Doom Shivers, because <laughs> I'm sticking with it, uh, science writer from Semaphore. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about a very spooky scientific topic which is parapsychology. Um, you've seen you, yeah, you've seen, Jesus Christ. Sorry, you've too seen much. Uh, you've seen Ghostbusters, Tom. I have, I have. Yes, yeah. I, I got, I got, I um, switched it on on like when it was on, on like ITV when I was about six or something. And then Ooh, the first scene that, early. Yeah, the first scene that happened was the Slimer scene when it came flying down the and slimed someone. Or maybe it was, in the maybe library. It was, yeah, either it was yeah. Slimer or the the old uh, librarian spooky ghost woman who shrieks at them anyway it was all too scary i turned it off there's a ghost at the start yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but then exactly. immediately after that I can't, is it slimer i can't even recall now but immediately after that there's a scene where bill murray who is dr peter the, venkman no yes venkman? Yeah, yeah. Peter, and i think he is a parapsychologist right i think that's how yeah. he describes himself yeah. um <clears throat> and he uh, is doing uh, he's sort of holding up cards where only he can see what's on the cards and uh, getting getting people to use their psychic powers to guess what's on the cards and um the, the guy is actually getting it right, but Bill Murray is telling him he's wrong to, in order to try and flirt with a girl who's there. But but the, the point is, that is a sort of parody version of parapsychology, which is laboratory research to try and test for the existence of psychic powers. And that's right. our topic uh, for today. Spooky, so, uh, spooky action at a distance. Spooky, uh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, we'll come, we'll come back to that mm. spooky action at a distance uh, uh, because that is one of the explanations that people have have given for this. So there's lots of different things within the, the kind of broad rubric or whatever of parapsychology um, and lots of different phenomena that they, that they study um, in, in the world of parapsychology. And it is quite a small world, but it does exist. So the first one would be clairvoyance. So that's like getting information about something that isn't through your the five the standard five senses so like seeing the other side of the card like uh, in the bill murray example or seeing inside a closed box or or, or something like that so far um, far sight or clear that's what clairvoyance means isn't it a sort of a yeah, yeah. Sight, sight without sight sort of thing yeah, yeah yeah people talk about remote viewing so seeing inside something that's remote from your mm. actual that's remote from your actual senses or I suppose then if you've got a sense of like someone, you know, I, someone's died a long way away, you go, ah, oh, I know it immediately, that sort of thing. That would be that sort of thing. The next category I was going to mention was presentiment and precognition. And that's predicting something that's about to happen or feeling that it's about to happen just before it does. So that mm. includes, uh, that's basically like Spidey Sense from, from mm. Spider-Man. Oh, from Spider-Man, yes. Okay, yes. gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know how he can like predict that something bad about can, to happen. I can, yes, just like real spiders. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never understood yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Why does he have that psychic power? Yeah, it's totally. bonkers. Yeah. 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 Totally. There's also telepathy, of course, which is uh, um, understanding what someone else is thinking or communicating information with a different person without using any known physical methods. So, so I guess if you sensed someone was dying, it could be telepathy, or it could be clairvoyance, or it could be presentiment. If you just like felt that you know you felt really sad, and then it turned out that they died just a minute after that or something mm. like that would be presentiment. And then there's Yuri Geller, which is oh, yeah. telekinesis. Yeah. Uh, did, did you ever see him on the on the TV? I, well, I remember I, watching him on TV. I, when I, I remember him making us all. Was it kiss a picture of Wayne Rooney's or David Beckham's boot <laughs> in order to heal a broken metatarsal? <laughs> I mean, obviously not wow. something that, that would have that would have sidestepped you, I imagine. But yeah, there was. Yeah, um, I didn't. I don't remember the football stuff, but I do remember him um, bending spoons and mm. um, fixing people's watches, like. He would say, "Put your watch on top of the TV," and then he would use his powers to make them make the mechanism work again. Bending and, uh, spoons. Sorry, sorry, but bending's like as though you'd be bending spoons if there wasn't if it wasn't like oh, this. This I can make it look weird, but there's like, well, who needs a bent spoon? Like, it's obviously <laughs> it's just. just a... <laughs> no, don't be skeptical, Tom. <laughs> Maybe don't it's be, real. Don't be cynical. Sorry, Ooh, the studies show yeah, the studies exactly. show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Telekinesis mm. uh, is what that is what that's called, or psychokinesis. Okay. Mm. which is the ability to move and manipulate physical objects with only your mind. And then there's a whole bunch, a whole category of other stuff, which I think we're not going to cover too much today because I think it just gets too big. We're not going to really cover telekinesis either, but um, it gets a bit too big. It's kind of anomalous stuff related to death so near-death experiences out-of-body experiences um, psychic mediums who claim to be able to speak to the dead and uh, and ghosts Uh, so those are all things that parapsychologists can and have can study and have studied Um, but we're talking more of the stuff that's in the lab and that tends to be clairvoyance precognition presentiment telepathy that's that's the the stuff that I I will just say um, before we go any any further that obviously I think this is all a complete bunch of shite and uh, (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh, I'm going to take an awful lot of convincing I think we'll probably come back to whether whether or not that's a reasonable position to hold but um, look I actually am much more sympathetic uh, than than, than you are I love this stuff I have Mm. Uh, been educated in parapsychology f- from working in the Edinburgh University Psychology Department where they have a parapsychology unit. Um, that was where I did my undergrad and, and, uh, and my, my PhD and I was around there. This stuff is actually studied very carefully by very careful scientists at often very good universities. Um, and here's the crucial thing. It's using the same kind of scientific methods and statistical methods that we would use to study lots of other topics. So yeah, these are weird and niche areas and it's not like there's endless funding for them or anything like that for obvious reasons, but people do actually do careful research into this. And the the most remarkable thing about it um, from the perspective of just like being interested in science and where science goes wrong and where science goes right and so on is that there are like a dozen or more meta-analyses of lots and lots and lots of studies that that conclude that these phenomena are all phenomena are all Mm -hmm. real. And that psychic powers exist, or they call it psi. So like PSI, like the Greek letter psi. Mm. Uh, That's where... Yeah. No, not PSI, Psy. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. You say they really exist. These things are actually real. That's, they claim that Psy really exists. All right. Um, and, and so, so is the podcast if, over now? Is that just the end of it? <laughs> really? no. Hey, there's dozens of, or a dozen or more meta-analyses, so mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. you disagree with that? Um, True enough. Uh, because if you, but that's the thing, you can, you can laugh about that, but mm-hmm. if you use the standard heuristic for assessing whether a claim is real, 
that we would generally use if you were to look up any old thing in the scientific literature and say, like, is this real? Oh, here's several meta-analyses saying that it is, exists. You would say yes. I think that's I think that's probably true. Um, so, so, like, if you looked at some less weird claim and it had the same level of published scientific evidence that a lot of these parapsychology claims have, like hundreds of studies, meta-analyses with statistically significant effects and all that, then you'd believe it. Like we do, like, we, well, like people do with growth mindset, for instance, which probably has a pretty comparable evidence base. Or? I, 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 th- I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, educational stuff like that, all sorts of other claims uh, and beliefs that you know that, that, that if you were just doing a quick look at the literature, maybe if you were a politician or whatever, you were trying to work out what what, what you were going to fund or, or things like that, you'd say, look, there's loads and loads of studies for this. Uh, there's a there's a, a good paper on parapsychology that calls it um, an unwitting jester in the court of academia. Um, so just like the sort of the jester in King Lear, you know, the fool in King Lear who mm. tells the king stuff that he doesn't necessarily want to know, like realistic information. Yeah, in a sort of in a sort of parodic sort of way, harsh truths, but in a sort of you know absurd way. Um, that's kind of what parapsychology tells science because the standard methods that we use for believing something, if you apply them to parapsychology, you will end up believing in some very weird things. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, really true. I also say, just to, from the point of view of a journalist, right, that I've done this, There's, I've done this lots of times where you can sort of, you want to make some point in a piece and like, there's a sort of there's a thing some people call defensive epistemology, like saying you can, I've done I can at least point out that I've not done anything stupid here. You know that I can right. at least back up my point that I've I've not like I'm not just just showing my ass completely, but I'm you know I'm, I'm off there trying to um to have got some backing for it. And one of the basic ways is look, I can point you to a meta analysis, right? Like to to say that right. you know immigration is good or bad or whatever. You know, and, and look here's a meta and, and and it is bonkers to me that 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 level of support for my for you know, I could have done that to say look and psychic powers are real look at look at this, these dozen meta analyses right. you know it's crazy right. and yeah. many people do if you if you look at people talking about this online they say look look at the level of evidence that there is you know there's there's just as much as there is for other stuff so that tells you you know, either it tells you that that maybe there, maybe this stuff is real or it tells you that our standards need to be raised in in, in science um, or both. Yeah. Maybe it tells maybe it tells you both. Mm. Um, so before we go on to actually talking about some of those meta analyses, let's just talk a little bit about the history of of this of where this stuff comes from. When you think of parapsychology um, and psychic research, you think of uh, Victorian uh, mm. stuff, or I do anyway, like people table tapping and uh, doing seances, Ouija, Ouija boards. Yeah, 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 stuff, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that is where a lot of this stuff comes from, the spiritualism movement. And you had like Harry Houdini being sceptical of it and sort of debunking mm. some of the people's claims and um, uh, and all that. But, but around about that time, there were some very mainstream psychology figures like William James, Mm-hmm. Um, who is one of the first people who you would consider to be like a psychologist. He was a supporter of the Society for Psychical Research, which is this first research society that was set up in 1884, uh, still to this day supports parapsychology research. So there's mm-hmm. that one, which is kind of in the UK. And then in the US, there's the Parapsychological Association, which is the, the kind of trade body for parapsychologists. It's interesting uh, that you mentioned Harry Houdini, because I think there's um, an underappreciated tradition for the people who some of the most skeptical people in these are the ones who make a living doing it you know um so people right. like harry houdini doing these illusions say look no Magicians. it's illusion i'm doing yeah they're like um james randy i guess darren brown you know richard yep. wiseman you know richard wiseman don't you, yep, you I do very well. yeah um the, conjurers these, yeah exactly people who can say look i can do the, uh, pen and teller 
you know, like, like yeah, I do these amazing tricks, yeah. but they're tricks, right? And then when someone else yeah. tells you they're doing the same tricks, but but now I can, you know, but I know actually I can speak to your dead grandmother. Right. They're right. tricking you. It's cold, you know, it's cold. Anyway, but, but maybe it's, it's real. Maybe it's all real. Maybe it's I all think real. it's uh, in the case of Uri Geller, uh, mm. I think it's pretty clear that he was doing what, you know, were basically magic tricks. Uh, mm. I would have to be convinced um, that he was not just doing some clever magic trick where he like warmed up the, f- the fork before, you know, so it would bend more easily and, you know, things, yeah. things like that. But anyway, the, the, the whole of the 20th century, from, from, you know, from that Victorian period onwards, the, the entire of the 20th century is full of parapsychology research, um, including when you get, especially it has this, this big kind of upsurge in the 1970s and 80s when the CIA got into it because they thought if, if it was true that there were psychic abilities, then it could give them the edge over the Soviet Union um, because, you know, if spies could see inside things without actually being near them or if they could communicate with each other without being, uh, without using their, their normal mm. methods, then that would give them an edge in the sort of, you know, Cold War spy uh, uh, situation. And there's, yeah. there's stuff about that in the, the John Ronson book, The Men Who Stare at Goats, is about that sort of thing. Is about yeah. There's the guy who tries to walk through a wall because he has the, like, I'm, I'm, he convinces himself that, you know, the wall is mainly an empty space, I'm mainly empty space, and it's just a matter of, you know, just me, like, I just have to convince myself, and he just walks full tilt into a wall and breaks his yeah. nose or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and that and, and, and several other things uh, like it are portrayed in the film, which is a kind of fictionalised version, but the book is a... Is a, like a non-fiction, a non-fiction mm. book, uh, and I think that happened in the non-fiction situation as well. That that walking the wall thing, yeah. um, but anyway, the, 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 the just you know just to say this stuff has been going on for a long time, um, and then I suppose you might ask if it was real. So just to get a couple of objections out of the way, if it was real, w- w- things would be a lot different. Like if it was real, the CIA would have you know started using it and 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 you know that would have contributed you know we would have heard of lots of spy stories of um you know where the spy got the information f- through some telepathic means or, or something well, they wouldn't presumably. tell us they wouldn't tell us do they, they wouldn't tell us they don't tell us about their spy planes and their satellites do they, they don't I mean, but we've learned secret. lots of lots of cold war spy things it's true we do uh, know that they had spy planes and satellites yeah yeah back yeah. in back in the day um, i watched the x-files they hide they hide this stuff well <laughs> they do at air 51 yeah um should say that things like aliens and and like Bigfoot and things like that are not generally under the rubric of parapsychology. They they tend to be sort of slightly more fringe. Uh, yeah, not, not sensible mainstream stuff ufology like, uh, and cryptozoology uh, things like that yeah. um yes um, anyway yeah so so yes you're being the, too the skeptical be, tom I'm sorry it's halloween yeah, sorry, yeah, it's sorry halloween. um so uh yeah so the, uh, you know and a question that then occurs to me is if this was true and people did have psychic powers even if it was just some people to do things like precognition and, and so on why would there be casinos anymore like why would mm. casinos exist because you'd think that people would just go there and just clean them out, right? Because you could predict what numbers were going to come up, what cars were going to come up, what like types were going to come up. Like the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Uh, right, which is, I believe... Uh, a brand a, uh, film. Yes. And, uh, it's a Netflix. It's, it's a Netflix, Netflix now, series, right? Netflix series, yeah, with, yeah. by, by yeah. what's-his-face, um, Anderson. Uh, Tom... Wes, Wes Anderson? Wes Anderson, yeah. I was going to say yes. Paul Thomas Anderson there. I was, no, I very much get them confused. Different guy. Yeah. <laughs> And I think what parapsychologists would say is, well, we don't really understand this. It seems that in many cases it's unconscious. It like comes to people where they're not deliberately trying, so it wouldn't necessarily work in a sort of casino situation. Um, although I guess if you just sat there and let it happen, maybe maybe it mm. would. Um, and maybe it only occurs in a very small number of people who don't know how to necessarily harness it, or the effects are just 
quite weak and they can only be shown in these very specific lab situations. So there is this weird contradiction between all these lab experiments that are telling us that psychic powers exist and then our real experience where you'd think that things that require people to predict stuff like the stock market, casinos, all that mm. would be very different if there were people who had psychic powers you know, and could predict stuff. I so, suppose one thing, know. one question, one way one way of one thing to look at i suppose and maybe they have i'm you know I'm, I, I don't know much about this and you do but the um maybe you could take people who are good at poker you know so people who are successfully win at poker or who successfully do well at the stock market and see if they are more and you're are more likely to demonstrate better than chance guessing in the the psychic power stuff that'd be that's interesting, interesting. Stuff. I, I i haven't i don't know if i've seen that exactly although i would be surprised if nobody had done something like that but what i have seen is them taking people who have done well in previous experiments and then filtering them down so you remove the people who don't mm. do it very well and select people and we're going to come back to that mm. we'll come back to that point uh, a bit later on and then another objection is is this just impossible? Like, is, isn't this just physically impossible? Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> given the laws of physics and given that, like, in the world that we live in, causes come first and then effects come after. Yeah, traditionally, um, yeah. yeah. Which would rule out things like precognition, because obviously that is sensing something that's about to happen through some anomalous means. Um, and information normally only travels through our five senses. Um, well, many more than five, I, I will... I will. Okay, well, there's all the other things The, the, the senses, about. yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. the, yeah, yeah. The physical senses, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know there's debate about proprioception and all that sort of stuff, but that's yeah. not a parapsychological... No, it's uh, not. Means, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, being, I'm uh, being a pedantic pain but in yes, the backside here. Through the senses, the physical senses... And that is why a lot of parapsychologists talk about quantum physics. Because, of course, in the macro-Newtonian world that we inhabit, causes come before effects. But in quantum, in the quantum realm, uh, in quantum physics, things are all a bit weirder. So maybe that explains uh, parapsychology. Um, yeah, just you, like it does uh, homeopathy and consciousness. Because when there's well, one something that's weird and there's something else that's weird, they're, they're, <laughs> let's just say they're the same thing. No. Uh, you have their phenomena like quantum entanglement where, you know, there's information about particular particles that is correlated even when those particles are separated thousands of, you know, by thousands of miles, uh, you know, across the world or theoretically, you know, across the universe. One, you know, the spin of a photon is related to the spin of another photon and mm. they remain correlated over vast periods. And uh, maybe, you know, that would be, would explain it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm finding it hard to convince myself. Even yeah, because well, <laughs> it's obvious nonsense, but, 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 but <laughs> just, just we will stuff. put a link. I want to be a bit fair here. We will put a link to a parasite psychologist best uh you know shot at explaining this um uh, how quantum physics might explain uh, uh this but just to give you a quote from uh, a book called entangled minds which is quoted in a famous paper which I'm, we'll, we'll talk about later over the past century most of the fundamental assumptions about the fabric of physical reality have been revised in the direction predicted by psi this is why I propose that Psy is the human experience of the entangled universe. This is Dean Radin, a parapsychologist, writing here. Quantum entanglement, as presently understood in elementary atomic systems, is by itself insufficient to explain Psy. But the ontological parallels implied by entanglement and Psy are so compelling that I believe they'd be foolish to ignore. What do you think of that? I think it's absolute bullshit. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean, I'm, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm completely sold. Believe, believe every word. Yeah, definitely. Halloween special. Um, more generally, you know, says Daryl Bem in this paper, uh, quantum theories of psi currently serve more as metaphors than models, and some psi researchers with backgrounds in physics are even more sceptical. But maybe there is something going on there. Okay. I mean, my, my we've established repeatedly in the studies show that neither of us are physicists, but my one sort of the one takeaway I've from struggling to read um, Scott Aronson's book on quantum computing and things like that is that the universe simply will not lend you let you send message send information via entangled particles it just won't it won't like they it, you can't do it because it just, yes. just it, it involves uh, involve information traveling faster than light and it just won't let you do that there's this yeah. weird like jealous hatred of all information anything at all passing traveling faster than the speed of light so it just won't and so this this either this is using some uh, yeah so i'm i'm going to go ahead and say i'm i'm not 100% convinced by it so far but you know maybe that'll change the values of such properties remain only probabilities until the act of observation collapses the wave function and causes the probabilities to acquire definite values even before Bell's theorem, it was known that whether light behaves like waves or particles depends on the conditions of observation. These features of quantum mechanics have led to observational theories of psi, in which it is not just the act of observation, but the consciousness of the human observer that plays an active role in what will be observed. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm really struggling to know. Trying to be, <laughs> trying to be, uh, to be charitable here. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, you, you, you're the moulder to my scully here. Um, <laughs> Obviously, that's a lot of that is sort of speculation, and yeah. um, lots of phys- physicists might laugh at this. Um, but there is this weird situation where if you could prove to everyone's satisfaction that the, like one of these parapsychological effects was real in the in the lab, you really would have to rethink something about the way reality works because mm. you know these wouldn't these sort of experiments and we'll explain how these work uh they don't they can't be explained in the normal physics that we have currently like they, that's not that's not a thing that can be explained so no. we, we we would know that it happens but not how it happens and that would be very difficult but the big question of course is do we know that it happens like yes there are meta-analyses claiming it what do those meta-analyses look like let's talk about that and whether we actually have evidence that psi exists, uh, which we obviously have to know before we even, you know, before there's anything on about physics or trying to explain how it could exist. Right. Okay. So, prove, yeah, yeah, convince me, Stuart. Convince me. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, two of the most prominent parapsychologists, Patrizio Trisoldi and Lance Storm. Lance uh, Storm. Great name. Yep. Uh, Genuinely um, envious. Yeah, Lance Storm. I'd love to be called Lance Storm. You're right. Mm. In 2021, they put together a uh, um, kind of umbrella review as it's called of all the uh, sort of meta-analyses on psi phenomena um and there have been very many of them and i have to say these have been published some of them are published in parapsychology journals but a few of them are published in mainstream psychology journals right so you know these are not like all in bullshit fringe things uh, uh, by any means and um there have been more meta-analyses since then as well which uh I haven't even read. We could do a whole show on like mediumship and things like that, which is another whole world of uh, of interesting next, stuff. Next Halloween. Next time we'll do it in uh, yeah. October thirty first, twenty twenty four. Yeah. Yep. Um, so let's. I just. I, I, we can't possibly go through thirteen meta analyses, but let's just go through one that I think is the one that makes me feel most uncomfortable or disquieted or something by by its results. Um, and it is about the Gansfeld. Have you ever seen a Gansfeld experiment? 
I don't think I have, no. No. Uh, uh, so what happens is like one person, uh, it's, it's about two people, it's about telepathy. Hmm. It can be about clairvoyance as well, but normally I think the most standard version is that it's two people rather than just one person. And they're in different rooms. And one of them is in sensory deprivation. So you put like white noise on headphones in their ears and you put ping pong balls over their eyes and then like put red light in the room so that the, the, the spectrum is completely equalized out over their whole eye. So it's, you know, it's, it's full sensory, it's auditory and visual sensory deprivation. Okay. Um, so and they just have to lie there and they have to think about you know what they, what images might occur in their mind and there's another person in another room who's looking at like cards or videos or something and is trying to project the image of whatever they're seeing or the uh, information that's contained in the video like of dolphins jumping out of the water or something whatever it is mm-hmm. into the mind of the other person who's in sensory deprivation right so that's a gansfeld experiment okay. um and then you know the, you, the person comes out of sensory deprivation and then they're given choices like say it's four choices you say what you know out of these four pictures which is the one that you think you saw and you know if the hit rate is higher than just a random a random guess Yep. And then you conclude that they must have just seen seen something through anomalous psychic means. Okay, so they, so they just have to guess which you know the the the, the, the one per, well, the one guy's shown a video of like a dolphin or something, and then the, the other guy's shown a picture after his sensory deprivation. He's, he's shown yeah. four cards like yeah. a, a a horse, a dolphin, a tree, and a car. And exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or maybe okay. he's shown the same videos again and said, "You know, is this the one that you saw? Is this the one that you saw? Is this the one you saw?" Yeah. And then over time, you build up loads and loads of trials of that, so you keep trying it again and again and again and again. And then it, it, the, the question is: overall, is it just random guessing? Is it just exactly what you would expect by chance, or is it is it that you is it that you uh, ha- that there might be something else going on there? So that's a Gansfeld experiment, and that's been done again and again and again since the nineteen seventies. It's been happening uh, in all sorts of universities all over the world. Um, um, this meta analysis is actually it's kind of in in progress right now it's one of these registered reports where they um everything gets published online and they're just waiting for the reviewers to come back and give them their final uh final um review it's actually a really high quality uh setup in that the pre-registered plan for the meta-analysis was uh was assessed by reviewers you know before they did the meta-analysis so it was pre-registered they use very state-of-the-art statistical methods all the data are freely available you can download them yourself tom if okay. you're feeling skeptical. Yeah. yeah yeah well i am i am feeling skeptical yeah <laughs> yeah and uh um so like it's still technically pending its final review um and i could see a few issues with it i could see a few things that i would if i if i was a reviewer i would say could you give a bit more detail on that why is that stuff in the supplementary materials and not in the main paper? Like, there's a few things I would I would say, but in general, it looks like they, you know, they've done some some pretty high quality science things for this meta analysis. Um, mm-hmm. They had 78 studies. Now, normally when you read a meta analysis on some topic, it's like 12 studies or something, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the average number of studies in, in overall in meta analysis is. But Certainly, I've seen them with it, like three. You know, I've, I have I've seen <laughs> yeah. some, you yeah. know. In yeah, fact, I remember uh, one, I can't remember what it was on, but basically the entire, I think it was a Cochrane review, but basically the entire statistical mass of it, like the only relevant bit was from one study. It's like, well, what's the point in this? It might, I'll might do better than just, that, Tom. I've yeah. seen meta-analyses with zero studies in them because they <laughs> sort of had a plan to do the meta-analysis at a certain time and then they couldn't find any studies that fit the inclusion <laughs> criteria. So they, the meta-analysis says this found no uh, this found no studies. So they Did it then get published in Nature? Uh, so well, it's a, it's a Cochrane review thing. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so 
78 studies is a lot, we agree, and that's, and that's mm. good because you want lots of studies in your meta-analysis, mm. right? So this is all going fine so far. And the result, the hit rate over all these studies, mm-hmm. I can't really give a clear effect size of what the hit rate is, like because, you know, in some studies they've got four choices, in other ones they've got five, and so the actual, you know, the actual number differs. But if yeah. you put all that information in, um, it's significantly different from chance guessing, and it's P equals 0.00002 is the, is the P value. So it's, you know, highly statistically significantly different from chance. That yeah. these let me, people let me, have... let me try and work this out. So, so that would be, um, that'd be, uh, we'd only see it one time in 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. What about one time in 50,000 if it was by chance? If the null hypothesis, there's no, there's no psychic powers. There's no psychic uh, and powers. The just, and, and, the, and the people are just randomly guessing. Yeah, and they're, and they're really, you know, they're, they're, they're maybe, yeah, and if, if it was just, if it really was just perfectly well conducted, but there was nothing going on, then there'll be a one in 50,000 chance of seeing those uh, those results by chance. That, that, that's, no. that, okay. Have you just convinced yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely, yeah. Um, I am absolutely 100% convinced that there is psychic power, yes. They even, there you go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip that. Someone get that clipped and, and uh, we'll post that on Twitter. Um, they did four okay. uh, publication bias checks, different different methods to check if there are any missing studies, uh, either positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And um, in none of those did the effect reduce to non-significance. And in fact, uh, in, in a couple of cases, it actually made the effect larger because there were missing studies that should have been there that had, that had sort of larger effects. Um and then they did they split the studies into subgroups and I know that we've been quite negative on subgroup analysis on this podcast but actually in this case um, the the patterns were all planned from the start the the, the, sub, the subgroups um, and the most interesting one is that overall there's no effect if you use unselected participants so if you just get random random people off the street like you or I to come in mm-hmm. and do the Gansfeld then you don't find an effect but if you select people who have been good in previous experiments I think they do this in different ways depending on the study if you select people who have been good at doing it then you do find an effect um, okay. so it's like there are, so there are people psychic who are a bit better at, yeah. right they're a bit better at using their psychic powers okay um, maybe maybe uh, so, so there's three different three different uh, solutions. I think you can you can take from that. The first one is that psychic powers are real, psi is real, and the Gansfeld c- produces evidence for that. Right. Um, okay. That's one possible explanation. I agree. Yeah. The other one is that something went wrong in the meta-analysis itself, like they missed studies, screwed up the statistics in some way. Now, I haven't downloaded the data and run the meta-analysis again, but it looks to me like it's fairly decently constructed as i say there's a few things i would change about the presentation of it but i don't think they've screwed up the meta-analysis itself um and then the third explanation is that there's something wrong with the original studies that maybe they're fraudulent maybe they're made up uh like we talked about in our previous episode maybe they were p-hacked in some way like the the scientists uh were sort of leaning on the results in order to find the results that they wanted maybe there was some sort of leakage in the studies where the person who was in sensory deprivation could actually hear the other person in the room saying ah it's a dolphin yeah or or something like that or like you know the person the the experimenter coming through with the four pictures kept just lying his finger on the picture with the dolphin yeah, right right, right. but but actually certainly the more modern parapsychological experiments uh, on the gansfeld have, have really i have to say you know when you look at the methods they really have taken steps to avoid that kind of thing because people were so skeptical about it um so that sort of leakage thing is probably more true of the older experiments in the 1970s and 80s and less true of the more modern experiments now i would i would hazard 
Yep. Okay. All right. Um, so I think it's probably not that they screwed up the meta-analysis, and I think it kind of has to be that there's something wrong with the original experiments, right? <laughs> right. Because otherwise you have to believe in Psy. The Studies Show is brought to you by the Eye newspaper. Um, do it writes for it now, and I used to write for it back, uh, a year or so ago, and it's yes. uh, just full of fun and interesting things on science and on politics and all, all sorts of stuff. There's um, a piece I read today. I'm a huge Terry Pratchett fan. Um, read you all... Terry Pratchett in your Twitter Yes, bio, he said I was too nice to be him. a journalist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, t- he told me um, I was too nice to be a journalist, <laughs> which I took as a compliment. Um, yes. Something that people might not realise is that before he became a incredibly well famous uh, fantasy writer, he wrote. He was a local journalist, and um, from the age of like sixteen, was writing short stories for his local newspaper. And the, a lot of those stories have recently been found uh, by this diligent <laughs> pair of sort of nerdy super fans, and I say that with love, um, who, who sort of dug through the archives of the local Berkshire newspaper and found all these amazing old stories that he's written and, and uh, got them compiled into a book. A stroke great. of the pen, the lost. Stories, yeah. Nice, uh, and there's an article about that in the eye. That, sorry, yes, that's pro- that's yeah. the whole point of this story. That's yes. why you're right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Reminds why I bring that up. Um, I've just got off on a tangent. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the yeah. eye, and you can get a, a deal on uh, subscriptions to the newspaper at inews.co.uk/podcast, um, where you should go if you're interested in uh, in that. And yes. secondly, the study show is also brought to you by Works in Progress. And um, Works in Progress, as you know, is a magazine about science and technology and progress. But it also has a substack called Notes in Progress or the, the Works in Progress newsletter where um, it's kind of shorter pieces on the same uh, on the same sort of lines. Um, and that's worksinprogress.news is the, is the substack. And... Um, most recently, they've had a really interesting article on deforestation. And you might think that deforestation is this terrible thing that's happening everywhere. It's getting worse and worse. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're losing that and it's, it's going to contribute to, the, to climate change and all that sort of stuff. However, there's this actually rather heartening article by Stephen Clare, who's an environmental scientist, who um, actually has done lots of has looked into this and found that actually he, the quote is my belief that forests were doomed to devastation so long as globalization, industrialization, and population growth continued was too simplistic. And he actually thinks it actually shows that net forest loss peaked in the 1980s and then actually uh, it has gotten much better. And in fact, in some countries, it's going in the, the opposite direction. Um, and he says, without slipping into complacency, we should recognise that the fight against deforestation is one we're winning. There's a positive yeah, story. Yeah, I read it. It was a fascinating, it was a fascinating thing. And, and you know, it, it is nice to read things that we're not screwing everything up irre- irrevocably. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's some, there's lots of you know facts and figures and stuff in, in, in there, which is which is well worth a read. Uh, and it's not just that on the works in progress Substack. There's a whole bunch of other articles that you might be interested in if you're interested in this thing, which now is broadly known as progress study. So um, that's worksinprogress.news. Uh, we're very grateful to both of them for sponsoring the studies show. It won't surprise you, Stuart, um, mm-hmm. to learn that I've got a Bayesian angle oh, to this. Oh, right? I didn't know you were into that. Uh, yeah, I, I may have brought it up once or twice. But anyway, uh, um, I've got a book out in April. Uh, everything is predictable about Bayes' theorem. All good bookshops. All, all, good, in uh, bookshops. all, all good in bookshops. All good in, 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 all, in all good bookshops. Well done, Stuart. Well done, yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm sure many indifferent or rubbish bookshops as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But available for pre-order, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But so I, we, I spoke a bit, in that I speak a bit about, uh, about parapsychology and about this the, the research you know so so 
because like imagine that you did someone does in the 1940s there was a researcher called samuel soul who did um lots of research into psi and um he did a he did had two subjects to do a card guessing game and they got the answer right more often than chance i think they one of them scored 2980 correct out of 20000 when the expected chance result would be 2308 right. uh, the other one scored 9410 when the chance would predict 7420 and um and those results that's impressive yeah, so those, that, those, those, that second result apparently is um, 25 standard deviations from the mean, which, uh, to, I mean, to all intents and purposes, what that means is that if you did that whole experiment once a second for the entire lifetime of the universe, you would not expect to see those results by chance, <laughs> right? right? right. It's, just, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. Science but, real then. Yeah, well, exactly. So here's the thing, right? In a sort of Bayesian idea, right? If you've got some, you should, you should never think anything is impossible because otherwise you can never change your mind about it. So what, but what you should have some very low prior probability that something like psychic abilities are real. Oh, we shouldn't, you, I don't know. I shouldn't say you should, but I do. Right. And most mm-hmm. people do. And I think, I think it is reasonable given the evidence to assume that's, that it's very low probability. But then if some evidence comes in, so you know, I've got my probability that psi is real is say, I don't know, 0.0000001 or something like that, you know? Um, and then, Perhaps new evidence comes in, and I see so someone. Someone guesses uh, that someone says, "I'm the mysterious Barry. I can guess the right card." One, you know, and you show you hold up thirteen cards, and he guesses the right one. And so mm-hmm. that, so that you could you'd only see that one time in thirteen, but that's not that much evidence. Then he does it again. Then he does it again. You know, eventually that should shift your, you know, according to Bayesian statistics, it should shift your belief to the possibility that um, that psi is real, right? Right. But of course, it doesn't. Right and and or at least it would you know that that guy Samuel Soul that that if if that would, if that was the whole thing then this twenty five standard deviations result should just make me go all oh, right okay that's it but what actually happens is there's a third hypothesis right which is that Samuel Soul is a fraud and that is that is a priori more likely to me than the probability that the the, the psi is real so and all the evidence that could show that. Uh, that, that psychic powers are real could, are equally is equally good evidence to, that Samuel Soul is a fraud, and so I so every time his one of his his card guessing people guesses the right card, my actually my 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 evident my belief in the probability of it being psi doesn't go up very much, but the probability of it in fraud goes up hugely. All right, and so anyway, don't so, sue us, Samuel Soul or so Samuel Soul. Of, yes, exactly. Uh, I, he, of Samuel Soul. You, you, you can't libel the dead, as I'm sure uh, I'm sure mm. you know. So hopefully that's fine. But anyway. As it turns out, like the Samuel Sol had indeed been fiddling the numbers, and he was of course a fraud. He was he was faking the whole thing. Um, but the point is, for, if when, so when something feels as unlikely as Psy, then you're sure you could the, the, when when these extremely unlikely results come up, you can you can you can say yeah, well that um, that that reduces my belief in the chance hypothesis, but it doesn't necessarily increase my belief in the. Psychic powers hypothesis. What it does is increase my belief in that there's a much more likely my my a priori more likely hypothesis, which is that you're a cheat. Um, mm. As a bit of an aside, this is actually this is really this is really relevant to um, how people get uh, develop um, cons- conspiratorial beliefs, 
right? Because if you're someone who has a high prior probability that, say, vaccines are cause autism, uh, mm. then you get some evidence that to some people would be evidence that they're not, like some doctors or the BBC say, you know, actually the evidence is that it doesn't. That For some people, that would be evidence towards the, the vaccines not causing autism. But to you, if your, prior, if your strong beliefs are that, then that would you, you, you could equally see it as evidence that the, um, the BBC and doctors are in the, the pay of... Yeah, exactly. The BBC, yeah. doctors and yeah. the BBC are in the pay of Big Pharma um, to, he- to hide the evidence of vaccine injury. And it doesn't... So you don't need, like, to explain, like, con- conspiratorial thinking. You don't need, like, who are these weird, crazy people behind, uh, walking the world among us? You just need to... They have different prior beliefs and then the same evidence will send mm. them different routes. But anyway, that's a, what, what a, that's a great big di- digression to say. Uh, you're going to have to work really hard to show to, to not only prove to me that um uh that there's something that isn't just chance that these that these results are coming in but also that it's not fraud or some sort of weird i should be less more more charitable than that but you know some sort of scientific going a mistake wrong. a mistake yeah. Yeah. A, a thumbs on the scale just a researcher effects people wanting to believe yeah. it so much that sort of thing so is it yeah, real? I I I, uh, I agree. I agree with you that you that you should have to work very hard. And and, and another way of, of of putting all that is the is the Carl Sagan quote about extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. The problem, I suppose, is that some people think that they're less extraordinary than others, and some mm. people would set their priors in their Bayesian calculation differently. And in fact, this literally happened in a Bayesian debate about parapsychology where you know you could see that some people set their they had a skeptical prior and some and there was a believer's prior as well and mm. you could you could change like if you if you're if you're kind of open to this then your prior is going to be quite different from if you're uh you know you've been brought up on carl sagan and james randy and harry houdini and all that and you think that this stuff is is, is less likely to be true so there's lots of interpretive difficulties there what i would say is in this meta-analysis, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about meta-analyses before and unreliable meta-analyses and so on. Despite the reputation of a meta-analysis, and you were saying earlier on that as a journalist, you often like, you know, think, oh, well, there's a meta-analysis, so I can point to that and say this probably exists. Yeah. Despite that reputation as being like a solid piece of evidence for whatever phenomenon they're looking at, they're actually in many ways not the best way to get at the result. There was an article uh, a couple of years ago that said, that that compared meta-analyses of psychological claims to pre-registered like replication attempts where other people go out and try and collect new data and it's all you know above board all statistics are pre-registered and so on um uh, so you compare the the, the meta-analysis of the of the existing data and the and the pre-registered studies that you know that you've got all the information there you're not missing anything um the meta-analysis uh, overstated the the size of the effect by three times um, yeah, so it's garbage in, garbage out, isn't it? So and it's the garbage out, garbage, garbage in, garbage out thing. Publication bias, obviously. We know that scientists aren't necessarily publishing all the research they do. They're publishing the research that skews in a particular direction. So that can really interfere with meta-analysis. So you should always mm. take them with a, a big pinch of salt, or if you're in the US, a grain of salt, I believe. Even if the meta-analysis itself is, you know, is, is completely above board, the world of, you know, the scientific literature is not how we would want it to be for us to just go and say well let's review all the the the, the studies and we'll get a great picture of everything that's ever been done on this question because you, you just won't get that what would be much better is to have one extremely rigorous large high quality study um where everything was you know all the, the fiddling about the data and fraud and all that was completely ruled out that completely uh you know ended this question once and for all such a shame that hasn't been done yet. Anyway, so that's the end of the podcast, guys. Thanks well, very much Tom, for listening. Well, Tom, let me stop you there because actually, yes, it has been done. Wow. Uh, 
in what I would argue is in some ways the best psychology study I've ever seen. Uh, but we will, uh, it takes a little bit of background explaining because um, this is a study that came out earlier this year and okay. it was about the Daryl Bem. Uh, psychology uh, experiment which set the world alight in 2011. The great um, cautionary tale of psychology. Like, well, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, and I ran a replication study of this uh, experiment, so I have personal experience of it. You can read about it in my in my book, in Science Fictions. We're doing lots of book plugging on this we are, episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, got to get Benjamin's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's literally on the first page of the book, um, so you can you can you can read about my experience there. But this was a study that came out in a mainstream psychology journal by a mainstream psychologist at a mainstream university in 2011, and it had nine experiments. Um, if I remember correctly, eight of them had statistically significant results in favour of psi existing. Okay. It was undergraduate experiments. Uh, so they had, you know, undergraduate students in the lab doing very simple experiments where there were just standard psychology, psych, psychology tasks, but with the time, with the, the timings reversed. So here's an example of, of, of one of them, the most famous one. Um, you're sitting in front of a screen. Um, you see two curtains, like pictures of curtains on the screen, and you're asked which one of them is a picture behind. And obviously, if you just randomly guess, then you'll get the answer 50% of the time you'd expect. Uh, maybe it's a picture of like a, a something really boring, like a table behind one of them. And, and indeed, when you put a boring picture like that behind it, people get 50-50 chance of guessing. But when one of the pictures uh, behind one of the two curtains is porn is a pornographic picture uh, of an erotic material, which has, by the way, been selected on the basis of their sexuality. So, like, it's the sort of thing that would arouse them. People get it at, like, I believe it was 53.1% of the time in the original experiment, okay. so uh, which was this is like significantly different from chance and thus evidence that for pre, pre-cognition or, 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 or pre-sentiment, some combination of those, which is that you can sense what's going to happen before it happens. You can see into the future to some extent, even if you're not conscious of it, you can just slightly above chance choose the one that's going to give you the erotic material. And Daryl Bem explained that from a sort of evolutionary perspective, like we've evolved to sort of seek out using psychic powers, erotic uh, material. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Like, undergraduates are psychic for porn science shows. Yeah. <laughs> but but actually, study two was uh, was that they were psychic against uh, violent imagery. So if you put a picture of like somebody getting stabbed or a big knife or whatever, you know, something horrible, a violent image mm. behind one of the, the 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 curtains, people clicked off that. Like they clicked the other one above chance, the, the one that there wasn't a picture behind. Okay. Um, so they tr- so it's like, again, a sort of evolutionary avoidance of violence that's built into our psychic uh, abilities. And that's published in a psychology journal, right? That's a scientific paper that shows that that's the case. Plus loads of other things about like sensing what words are going to come up, uh, where it's like a memory test. So you see a bunch of words on the screen and then you're just given a memory test immediately after and you remember some of the words and you don't remember others and that's just how it goes and that's how you would expect a normal memory test to work in psychology. Mm-hmm. But Bem, the genius was that Bem put a, a, an extra reminder of half of the words after the memory test was done and what he claimed to show in his paper was that people remembered the words that they were about to see again better than the words that they did not see again. 
um, which is a kind of a mind-boggling thing to think yeah. about. But it's, it's, but it's worth saying that all of these studies, or all of all of these, uh, as I understand it anyway, um, all of these um, experiments are very, very much like bog-standard. Yeah, like psychology, size, psychology, psychology paradigms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except just they've they've switched. The, you know they've they've done the, yeah. done the, the priming after because yeah. because if you check. do the if you do the, the looking at the words and then you get a reminder of half of them and then you do the memory test you'll remember the words that you've seen twice right mm. but the point of this is that it puts the reminder after the test yeah. um, so that you, you you're having to use your precognitive skills again unconsciously because you don't know that you're going to get reminded of any words after the memory test you're just doing a memory test you, you don't even know it's a psychic experiment when you go in you just know it's a you know, it's a psychology experiment, as far as I'm aware. And anyway, I don't think you tell them beforehand. I remember telling people about it afterwards and the, their sort of baffled faces going, what, so, why on earth have you got me to do this? Why are you wasting my time? I suppose <laughs> like, like, I got 10 quid beer money, which all the undergraduates are there for. You know, so course yeah, credit. Yeah, I think they might it? have even got course credit rather than yeah. uh, that. Because so, when you're a psychology experiment, uh, a psychology undergrad, you often have to take part in, in uh, experiments to... Um, to, to right. get full course credit, uh, that's how they get. That's how they get their their their, their, their you know samples. So um, that 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 was the experiment, but it, the the and it because it's a huge splash. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe something like this has been published in a mainstream journal." Which is kind of for those of us who are sort of old hands at parapsychology, is kind of true in that it's not very often that that stuff gets published in a the mainstream journal, but also kind of not true because there are several meta analyses on Gansfeld studies like the ones we were just talking about the telepathy mm-hmm. ones published in the journal psychological bulletin which is like the, one of the best psychology journals in the world um published through the 90s and through the early 2000s so like that this stuff does appear in mainstream journals sometimes yeah anyway um so people wondered like how could bem have got these results was he fiddling the statistics was he doing something wrong and the general sort of thing was he's just doing what everyone is doing in psychology and this led everyone to like have a massive crisis of confidence in a lot of the results that we published routinely in psychology journals so that's part of that story that's that's that and you can read about that in my book and that's a whole thing but this year or you know it's been happening for a few years but the publication was this year there was this big replication study of BEM from what was called the Transparent Psi Project. Mm-hmm. And this is what I would describe as the best study ever or one of the most stringent psychology studies I've ever seen. It's a big group of people. Right. And let me just tell you some of the... A big group of scientists, I should say, that, that got together to do this. And let me just tell you some of the, the details of this study. Um, and you will not be able to find a single other psychology study in any topic that covers all of these different areas. Um, uh, of of like quality improving, you know, changes to the to the way that the, the the study is done compared to the average you know bit of research. Okay. First of all, it was an antagonistic collaboration. So the authors had some people who were skeptics of psi and some people who were believers, and they all agreed before they did the study what they would say uh, when they got certain conclusions. And in fact, they actually wrote down a paragraph that they would publish in the paper if the experiment showed that psi was real and a paragraph that they would publish if the experiment showed that it wasn't according to specific preset statistical criteria. So there was okay. no messing about after the fact, no, you know, um, uh, saying, oh, well, I didn't mean that, I didn't mean that. They had set that out beforehand and they'd all agreed on it. Okay. Um, uh, this was, by the way, a replication of just the porn study, in my understanding. Uh, uh, yeah, the time-traveling undergraduate porn. The yeah. porn, yeah, experiment one of BEM, yeah. 
they did a pilot study to check everything worked. It was a multi-site reputa- uh, replication study. So lots of different labs across the world all doing the experiment. So it's not just focused on one lab where maybe there's you know bad practice or fraud or whatever happening. Uh, it, it had more than 2,000 people. So I think it's 2,220 people in the study. So I think the original BM one had 100 or 50, something like that, people in the experiment. So, mm-hmm. you know, m- major difference there. Um, it was a registered report. So all the setup was given to reviewers to review before they collected any data. And then they went off and collected it. So it was fully pre-registered, all the analysis set in stone beforehand. Okay. Um Somebody came and and, uh, did an independent code review of their statistical code. Uh, So they got an independent person to say, like, this statistical code, yes, this would actually answer the question. This is a good way to handle the data, all that sort of stuff. Basically never happens in in science experiments. Okay. Um, And then here's something that also basically never happens, which people talked about this a few years ago, but this is the first time I've ever seen it actually happen. Something called born open data. Have you heard of this? I hadn't. I've read it in your notes, but I've never heard of it before this. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the idea that instead of, you know, collecting the data uh, and then putting it in an Excel spreadsheet and then putting that Excel spreadsheet on online or putting the data file, whatever format you have it online, the data, as soon as they're they're collected in the experiment, so as soon as the participant presses the button, makes their Mm -hmm. choice of which curtain to press, you know, um, that gets posted online. So uh, on a publicly available website. So anyone can access the data at the same time as the authors of the study are getting access to the data. And what this proves is that, you know, the, 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 there's no... Um there's no middleman. There's no third party between the 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 you know the, the data being uh, collected and the world seeing the data. So it, it kind of is a kind of fraud busting mechanism. Clever. Well, it genuinely uh, seems like a really good idea. Um, yeah, it's a it's a brilliant idea, and it should be done in, in, in clinical trials, and it should be done in all sorts of other uh, mm. uh, stuff as well. Although it's a bit easier in this case when you're, it's kind of an automated experiment on a computer. Um, you know, it's not like doctors are making assessments or people are filling in questionnaires or whatever. But mm. yeah, I guess if people were filling in questionnaires, you could post that online. Yeah, they've done. There'd be some anonymization issues, but probably not nothing yeah, you could yeah. uh, couldn't overcome. Yeah. In the case that we talked about in the fraud episode, um, the Francesca Gino uh, thing, the original data were found for those for those experiments. But it, you know, the university had to go through its kind of private account for the software Qualtrics that's used to collect data in psychology experiments, and that was a huge hassle. And it you know it took loads of digging back and all that sort of stuff. But if imagine if those data had just been posted online in their in their original raw form as they were being collected um everyone would know if they had been tampered with at some point later down the line yeah so and, and by whom presumably yeah but, exactly exactly so all the changes are flagged any changes that are made are flagged up there's this what they call tamper evident technology that's there and um, they published all the materials all the lab books online i'm not even covering everything that they did to try and make this experiment completely watertight uh in terms of you know whether you can believe the results whether you can accept the results and um actually they made a few mistakes like there was an audit done after and they found that they had made a few mistakes in the setup and uh they had to you know issue a correction on the paper and that, you know, we can link to that um uh, uh, none of them i don't think were drastically were drastically problematic but you know even when you're putting that much effort in you mm. can still there still might be things you can improve but sort of the point uh, is they're being like insanely stringent in a way that very very few certainly psychological studies exactly. are and actually you know other, other fields un- un- too. yeah and ironically uh, it feels like there's an awful lot that psychology and other fields medicine certainly um sociology could learn from then probably every field of science could learn from this sort of behavior like well seemed- exactly tom exactly yeah. and so i would say that if they had found that 
psi existed in this experiment, I would have to believe that something funny is going on. Um, I would have to believe that that maybe the rules, the laws of physics are not as I thought they were, um, that something anomalous was happening, because I don't think you could get a, a positive result in that experiment without psi existing or some very complex weird statistical artifact thing happening but they really did so much to 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 rule that out so it put us out of our misery Stuart. i assume that it found that they got 55 percent accurate 55 percent um like uh, correct answers and that that just means that that psychic powers are real and and i can go and hack the casinos now by by imagining poker cards right psychic powers are not real uh, according to this experiment 49.89 was the uh was the result and they would have got uh, 50 percent by chance Mm. uh it was not statistically significantly different from zero they did a special bayesian analysis and found that actually it was strong evidence in favor of the null hypothesis so in favor of psi does not exist which is a sort of unique thing you can get from bayesian statistics that you can't get from the usual statistics people so use. they did worse than chance or, or they did exactly the same as chance really they did, they did just, just yeah if, any, if anything yeah. they did fractionally worse than chance but yeah, yes yeah. so look if only other studies had that level of care and transparency. If they did, we would not have much to talk about on this podcast, Tom, because, uh, or we would have lots of positive things to say on the podcast. We'd just yeah, say, look, well, lots this- of amazingly stringent scientific facts that we've been found out and it'd be much more sort of, ooh, isn't science wonderful podcast? Yeah, you could we? take a study right off the shelf and believe it, which is what so much of the media are doing. But of course, we know that the studies they're, 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 they're looking at are not, are not good quality. And that's where, you know, we, we can come in and gripe yeah. it. <laughs> um, okay, so look. There's a weird sort of paradox about this, because if this was real, then it would be the biggest ever, if Psy was real, then it would be the biggest ever discovery. There are ways that we know that we can use it, that we can use to try and discover whether Psy exists in the lab, and yet basically nobody is interested, and that's because people have good reason to believe that it isn't, that it isn't true. Real, yeah. And yet there is all this stuff, there's all this stuff in the literature sitting there that says that it's real. So why don't we believe that when we believe all this other stuff about psychology and biology and physics and everything else? And it's because we have selective standards and we should be raising our standards above all the stuff. All this, we should we should have very high standards for all the evidence we accept, um, uh, including this, but also including loads of other areas. Although I would also say that this is a very extraordinary claim, so it does require a yeah, very extraordinary Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I could not skip my Bayesian thing on again, but like yeah. the uh, I, I, growth mindset, I don't think is is real in a, in the sense that they, you know, or at least, but I, but I, it, it wouldn't, if it turned out the growth mindset was strong and real, it wouldn't require me to rethink everything I believe about the world. So yeah. I could be more easily convinced, you know, like if, yeah. if, if so, if someone, if someone, if I, if I came home and someone said, I, I saw a fox in the street last night, I go, okay, fine. And if they said, if they told me they'd seen a buffalo, I would know you didn't, you're lying or you're mad. And that's, in this case, it's more like they told you they saw a unicorn. Well, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, like it's it's um, yeah. the the point is that it's the same standard of evidence. But I will believe one and not the other. But yes. but nonetheless, it is bonkers that you can get the sort of level of evidence, and it does sort of makes you wonder whether like how much evidence beyond I just I, you just you just believe the things you believed anyway. You know, because because like this this the the, the standard psychological practices aren't really adding any new evidence to me. If you can get this good evidence on 
psychic yeah. practices. What, what yeah. should cause you to move your beliefs in any direction? If if so, if 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 none of the studies in existence, apart from this one, are so stringent, like yeah. what should get you to move your 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 views? And it must be quite frustrating to be a parapsychologist because if this had come out with positive results, we'd be sitting here saying, "Well, you know, Bayesian, uh, you know, we don't think it's yeah. it's real and all this sort of stuff." It must be quite frustrating because <laughs> there's very yeah. little you can do to prove that this is the case, despite all these very careful statistical um, and and uh, methodological. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I remember, um, do you ever read that thing Scott Alexander called the parapsychology the control group for psychology? I think he'd got the quote from somewhere else. But, mm, you know, the, uh, mm. but it's, like, it's exactly that. It's like, you know, it's like the, it, what, what can you find in, it's like the placebo, right? You know, like if, there, if there's something that most of us agree actually isn't real, what results can you get from it? Right. And, and you compare and you it still, to... And, and, and uh, yeah, uh, you're using the same statistical methods. What results can you get? Yeah. yeah, and it turns out you can get quite strong statistical results without anyone apparently committing, apart from Samuel Sol, apparently committing fraud and things. It is, it is still trying to do science in what are the accepted methods and they're getting what are, let's face it, spurious results at a, at a very statistically uh, impressive fashion, yeah. then that throws in significant doubt over the entire edifice of psychology and other science elsewhere. Hate to say it, but I agree. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really scary thing. And that that's right, is perhaps what you should be scared of <laughs> this, <laughs> this Halloween. Halloween. Oh, wow, that's, that's, Ooh, that's brilliant. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, back yes, to the Kev, camp. Uh, Kevin Williams. Kenneth Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's never do Kenneth Williams impressions <laughs> on this show again. <laughs> we make a pact about that. Yes, exactly. Um, Oh, and super so, interesting. Yeah. Yes, it's it's all it's all it's all good stuff, and I'm sure it will continue. And we could we could do uh, either short episodes or longer episodes on uh, uh, some of the more specific things. Like I'd like to look at the evidence for mediumship and see what's happening uh, in that in that world. You know, getting people to try and talk to the dead and things like that. That's all. That's all great fun. Um, so um, yeah, happy Halloween, everyone, and uh, we will see you uh, see you next week. Yes, and uh, if as always, if you're enjoying this, then. Um uh, please do like and subscribe. Uh, there will be there was you, last week we did a um, uh, our second paid paid only episode. If mm. you want, if you're enjoying it, you can always become a paid subscriber and you can listen to them. Uh, they're excellent and they tend to be the stuff we're slightly more scared to put out on the big internet because we get shouted <laughs> out for it. So we, yes. we did it on um, long COVID and we think it was very interesting. So um, please do and uh, whether you do or not, thanks very much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>